I got a nice, short, and sweet little nugget of a message for you guys tonight. I'm only going to take about three hours of your time, okay? <laughs> no, it's not like a little, okay, I'm so sorry. I don't want to make you guys think that there's a literal nugget for you tonight. There are no chicken nuggets. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to lead you astray. No nuggets tonight, just nuggets of goodness. Amen? <laughs> nuggets from the Lord. Say, I'm going to get a nugget from the Lord. <laughs> What a weird night. What a weird way to start. All right, so I don't know if you guys remember, there was a handful of weeks ago, little noodly-oodly boy Nomad lost his cute little voice, and I had to do tithes and offerings for him or something like that. I, did you lose your voice or something? There was a reason why I had to, yeah, I think that's what it was. But in, in the event of that, it was because I started thinking like, all right, what am I going to do for tithes and offering? I don't know what to do for tithes and offering. I started thinking about the verse that me and my family and, and you know, our kids, we, we've been doing like these memory verses to try to help us remember the scripture, but also hopefully help instill it into our children to get the word kind of in their ear, rolling around in their heart, in their mind, and all that kind of jazz. And so the, the verse that we had for January was Ephesians 3.20. And that's the verse that we're gonna start out of here tonight because this is the thing, this is what I believe. I believe that God wants to have all the promises, all the blessings, all the wonderful things. He, want those, he wants those to be a part of your life. He wants you to, to walk in health. He wants you to walk in wholeness. He wants you to walk in prosperity. He wants you to walk in all these other things. Jesus just, he, he came into this world to save you, your save your soul and make sure you can get to heaven one day. But he also came to rescue you from the effects of sin in this world. You know, John 3, 16, it actually talks about that, how, how Jesus came into this world to die for us, not to, not to judge us or condemn us, but, but to rescue us, to rescue us out of our sin and rescue us from the effects of this world. And so as believers, as people that, that are followers of Jesus, we are entitled to the promises of God, amen? But we're only able to access those promises of God if we actually desire them if we actually seek after them. If you don't want these promises, God's not gonna give them over to you. He's, he's, he's laid them out there. He's offered them to you, but we have to grab a hold of it for ourselves, amen? Over here in Ephesians 3.20, it says this. Now all glory to God, this is out the NLT, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely infinitely, infinitely more than we might ask or think. And if we read that out of the Amplified Classic, it says, now to him who in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. There's a lot happening in that verse. And, and one way that I know how to summarize that is basically God is saying here, he's saying in his word, do not limit me to your own understanding. Do not limit me to what you can think about, what you can ask for, and even imagine. Like, because God is bigger than that. God is so much bigger than our minds can even fathom. And I think we, we, we find ourselves in this situation where a lot of times we, we try to uh, compare God to a natural relationship or things that we do know in the natural. We try to think, there's no way God can actually do that, right? I mean, yeah, he saved my soul, but can he actually heal my body? Yeah, he saved my soul, but can he actually make sure that I have money in my pocket? Yeah, he saved my soul. Can he actually make me a decent human being? Yes, <laughs> yes, he can, because he's an infinite, wonderful, amazing, wonderfully grand God. He is marvelous. He's infinitely 
more abundantly than we can ever even ask, think, or even imagine. So what God is saying is don't put him in a box. Say, I'm not gonna put God in a box. I'm gonna get everything that he has for me. I will not limit him to my own understanding. Amen. Let's pray real quick, get our hearts ready to receive to tonight's message. Father God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. We thank you that you're equipping us, that you're guiding us, that you're encouraging us to make that decision in our hearts, to make that, that, that choice in our minds and to decide, decide that we want more of you. We want all of you. We are all in on what you want for our life. Help us have the fullness of this relationship that you've blessed us with. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Annalise and Jennifer, I thought about you all day when I was thinking about how am I going to illustrate this? And so if you wouldn't mind, would you guys be so kind and so wonderful to be a part of this illustration tonight? Yes, so good. All right, why don't you two just come up here on stage for me and stand side by side and just smile and wave. You don't have to. I mean, that might be the polite thing to do. Say hi, everybody. Hi, you guys are friends, right? You guys have like a relationship with one another. You guys talk to each other. You guys hang out. Yeah. You guys text. You guys call each other sometimes. Do you guys like to, to, to do things together? Do you guys feel like that, that you guys take advantage of the, the fullness of the relationship? Like, like you, you're willing to do anything that, 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 that would help Annalise because you like her in most ways? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, Annalise will gladly help Jennifer. Oh gosh, we have entered into a weird place. Maybe I chose the wrong, I'm, just, I'm joking, I'm just kidding. Uh, all I'm saying is that you do care about Annalise and you want the best for her and, and, and you would, in most circumstances, probably be there for her, help her out. Awesome, that's good. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it and, and I, was, I was wondering, the potential... This, this, this relationship is awesome and this relationship is great, but how, how odd would it be? I'm going to choose you because you're closest. How odd would it be if Annalise decided I really like having a relationship with Jennifer and she's awesome, but I only want what I actually want from, <laughs> from her. I only want some of the things of this relationship. There's only a certain amount of things that, that this relationship is great and, and I know about and I care about. And it's probably really hard to have a real relationship with Jennifer with a box on her head. Yeah, because you'd be embarrassed or like... <laughs> She's too boxy. I mean, I, I, I mean they, the, the potential for the friendship is still here though, right? I mean, they can still have a relationship. It might be weird. It might be a little difficult at times. I imagine every now and then, uh, Jennifer, can you tell me something? I mean, I hear her, but I, I really had to pay attention. Tell me your favorite color, Jennifer. One more time. Why don't you help Annalise off the stage, back to her chair, and then afterwards give her a hug? Because it seemed, I, I heard Annalise was having a really bad day today, so if you could just give her a hug right now as she goes back to her chair. She needs comfort. I just found it. <laughs> 
But at some point in this, you know, Annalise is trying to make this work. And really, if anything else, it's probably just frustrating the relationship here because Jennifer wants to hug Annalise, but yet Annalise won't let her hug her. <laughs> so it, it would be kind of Annalise to say, you know what, I, I want to I get rid of this, this box in our relationship. I don't want to limit what this, this relationship can be. I don't, I don't want to limit it to just surface level here because I want a friendship. I want a relationship where comfort is available. I want to know that we can actually talk to each other and see eye to eye. How weird would it be to have friends that you couldn't actually experience the fullness of who they actually are because you can't see their face? Thank you guys so much for your help. You guys are wonderful. You guys are great. You guys are beautiful. You guys are amazing. That was great. That was actually really genuine. That was awesome. Super good. I'm so glad. See, God is saying, look, we don't need to be boxed in. He doesn't want to be boxed in to what he can do in your life. He wants to be fully free. He wants free access in your life. He wants free access so that way he can give you all the promises that he's promised you. Amen. And one of the ways that I feel like maybe in our minds, we, we just don't realize like, hey, I'm the one putting this box. I'm the one that, that, that is, is getting to, to, to not have the benefits of the relationship because I don't, I don't know. I don't realize that th- this is what it's not supposed to be like. Religion has taught me that, yeah, I can have Jesus at church and, and he can help me at church. But once I leave these walls, I, I'll just put him in a box and just care. You know what I mean? Like I got Jesus in a box and he's with me and I, and I know about him, but I don't really have any real interaction with him because my God's in a box and he can only do what I believe that other people have told me he can do because I don't really know. I don't really know what he's actually able to do. I've never really investigated and invested myself in him and took the time to realize like, hey, I don't need limits on God because he's a limitless God. He's an infinite God. We don't need a box on God because he can't be boxed. He's not supposed to be boxed. Over here in Matthew 8, starting in verse one out of the NLT, It says, when he came down from the mountain, Jesus, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Joseph commanded for a proof to them. See, this man right here, it said that there were great crowds that followed Jesus, but there was one leper. There was one leper that said, you know what? I've heard about this Jesus guy doing stuff or doing and, and you know, saying great things and helping blind people see, helping the lame walk. And I think I've even heard him like helping out lepers and scaring, like cleaning, cleaning their skins and whatnot. Maybe the same can be for me. And so Jesus was in a position where this leper actually came up to him and asked him, hey, if it's your will, can I be made clean too? And Jesus said, yes, it is my will. It is my will that you be clean. It is my will that you be made whole again. There was great 
crowds that were following Jesus that day. Now, I don't know how many people, but the word great lends to think that there's a lot of people. How, statistically speaking, there's probably a lot of people in that crowd that actually needed a miracle. There's a lot of people in that crowd that needed help in their emotions, that needed help in their bodies, but because they didn't know that they could ask for it because they didn't have that revelation for themselves of, hey, I can take off this limitation, actually go up to Jesus myself and ask if it's his will, if I be made clean. And this man, I don't know where it came from, but he had the faith rise up within inside of him and he acted on that faith. And when he went to God and he went up into his face, he said, will you heal me? It was in that place where he removed any limitations that he ever thought about God and actually received from God. I don't want anything to be in my way from receiving from God. See, these boxes can just be our own thoughts or they can be, you know, I don't know, distractions or they can be weights. They can be these things that in our minds, they can separate us from from actually receiving from God, but those are just lies of the mind. Those are just lies of the enemy because we are not meant to be separated from God anymore because now from what Jesus has done from us, that access has now been given to us to where we don't have to have a box on God anymore. We don't have to be separated from God anymore. And if we are separated from God, that is our choice. Say, I don't wanna be separated from God. I want the fullness of God, amen? You guys know this verse, I hope, because I say it a lot over here in John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And if we go to that word life, back in its original language, the definition for it is essentially saying, this is life, both physical, present, and of spiritual, particularly of the future. So Jesus cares about your physical life, not just your spiritual life. See, God doesn't care. Oh, sorry, God does care. God not only cares about your eternity, he cares about your life on this earth as well. I don't wanna just be limited to only receiving salvation. I want all, I want this full life that Jesus talks about. And if we go back into the word abundant, the root for that, and it comes out saying that it's a super abundant. That's another super abundant, like we read in Ephesians 3, or superior, excessive, meaning that God, Jesus, says that I have come to not just give you a great life here and in heaven, but it's gonna be a wonderful, super abundant life, meaning that it is exactly everything that you could ever dream up, and actually even more. Don't limit God to this. Don't limit God to your own understanding. Don't limit God to your thought life. See God for his abundance. See God in his abundance, just like his word says. Over here, Philippians 4, 19, it says, the same God that takes care of me will supply all of your needs and his glorious riches, which which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So the same God, you know, this is Paul that's writing this, but but what's awesome and what's amazing is, you know, Romans 2, uh, 11 says that God doesn't show favoritism. Meaning that if he did it for Paul and he did it for Abraham and he did it for David and he did it for the leper, that means he's going to do it for you. He desires you to have abundance. He desires you to have a life that is full and almost borderline excessive. 
And the reason that is, is because when you have an abundant, amazing life, God gets the glory. When people see that you're being taken care of by your God and you didn't just get taken of for your spiritual well-being, but also your physical well-being, it honors and glorifies God because you are a child of God. You know, we talked about it on the, the podcast today. You know, for those of you that don't know, Ablaze has a podcast, Pastor Robert and myself. We talk about, you know, culture and the things of this world and how it relates to us as believers and how, you know, as a, as a Christian, how we need to react to it, how we respond to it, how we walk in this life, how we talk in this life. It's a good time. It's good, you know, a good listen or two if you want. You know, YouTube, podcast, Spotify, Spotify, you know, do that. But what I was saying, what I realized today as we were filming like two weeks from now, you know, I was talking about how it's in God's best interest that you're taken care of. You know, it says that he's the good shepherd. You know, in, in this, this John 10, you know, it's talking about how, how, how he is the one that, that gives an abundant life, but it talks about how he's the good shepherd and the sheep know his voice. And the reason that he's a good shepherd is because if he was a bad shepherd, people probably would not want to follow him, right? I mean, if, you, if there was this God that, that said he could provide for you and he said he could do things for you, but yet he didn't, or he just kind of let you just bump around and do your own thing, that's not really a good shepherd. That's not really a good God. That's not who God is. It looks good on God when we are living the abundant life. It looks good on God when you walk in your wholeness. It looks good on God when you walk in your prosperity. It looks good on God when you're able to have a thought-free, suicidal thought life. I know that that happens to a lot of us at times where our thoughts get so combative in our minds, we don't even know what to think. We don't even know what to believe because our thought life can get up in there and really mess with us. But what God is saying is I can also free you from that as well. God cares so very much about your walk on this earth. He wants his children to be free of oppression, to be free of their condemnation, to be free of lack, to be free of anything that's not of him because we weren't designed to partake of those things. We weren't designed to walk out a life that's not reflective of his goodness. We were designed to walk with him, to be provided for by him. I mean, back in the, 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 the beginning in Genesis, that's what it was. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They lacked for nothing. They walked with God. Anything that they wanted, anything that they needed, it was already there. And God is saying, now because of what Jesus has done for us, now because of what Jesus has done for you, you're no longer limited in what you can get from God. No longer limited in how you can receive from him. We have to decide for ourselves, I'm no longer gonna put God in a box. Amen? Say, I'm not gonna put God in a box. I'm gonna get his abundance. Over here in Psalm 84, 11, it says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You know, we've talked about Matthew 6 a myriad of times because it's just a wonderful, amazing chunk of scripture. I love Matthew 6. But Matthew six thirty three, it follows up all those other things, you know, talking about the birds having everything they need and the flowers not having to worry about what clothes they wear and all this, that, and the other. But Matthew six thirty three says that if you seek first the kingdom of God and 
his righteousness and all the things, all the things, all the needs for your life will be taken care of. And I believe that there's even some wants in there that he wants to take care of. Maybe not all the wants, because some of our wants are not necessarily what we should have, but if it lines up with his will, even your wants and your desires, but most importantly, what you need in this life, God provides it for those that diligently seek him, but also pursue righteousness. It says he withholds no good thing from those that walk uprightly. Those that walk uprightly just means that you are aware, you're cognizant, and you recognize that you've been now made righteous in the sight of God. That you now have free access to him and now you can freely receive from him. He's so good. He's so good. He withholds no thing from those that pursue their righteous position. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it says, and God will provide, generously provide all that you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That is why that we serve an abundant God. Because it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about him and his people. God wants you to be saved, but he also wants you to walk in abundance. He wants you to walk in this good life that he's ordained for you. Because again, it looks good on him, but also you can live out of that abundance and generously provide to other people because you have been generously provided for. And when you lead people and you show people that you serve a good God, that you know of a God that is not boxed in like religion tries to make God be, and that you've actually accessed the Father and that you know, hey, I do have free access to him, that my God is not limited because he is an infinite God, that he is a great God. He is the God that is the creator of the universe. What else would he do for me? Everything, everything, no good thing will he withhold from you. It's all been made available. It's all been made available. And I don't know how long we're gonna be talking about this. I don't know if this is just kind of like a a one-shot sermon or if this is about to embark on a series. I don't know. But all I know this is that God doesn't wanna withhold anything from you. And he's not withholding anything from you. If anything, he's offering everything for you. And we just have to decide, do we want everything? Do you want all that God has for you? Do you want all that he's made available for you? Do you just want to be saved and to go to heaven one day? Or do you want to walk out the abundant life he's called you to live? Do you want everything that God has for you? As we move into praying and closing out the service, I want you guys to get an attitude of prayer with your God and maybe get real with him and start to ask that hard question of God. Have I been limiting you in my life? God, have I been putting you at arm's distance in certain areas of my life? God, have I fully committed all of myself to you? Have I fully committed everything that I am in this relationship with you so that way I can fully receive all that you have? I ask that we all make that hard question for ourselves and really just be honest with ourselves of like, look, what do I need to do to receive everything receive all the promises that God has made for me. 
And so Father God, as we close service tonight, I, I pray for every single person in this room, Lord. I just thank you that you are able to help them tonight, God. That you're able to give them encouragement and show them like, look, we can work on this together. I can show you how to receive from me. I can show you how to press in and get that box out of here. I pray that right now his love, his peace, his comfort is made known to you right now. And that you're able to make any decision that you gotta make to not only take the box off of God, but keep the box off of him. God will not be in a box for my life. Thank you for it, Lord.